The Sports Complex of the Horn. Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Got a big show for you today, talking a lot of Texas football. Sark spoke to the media today. We'll take you some clips from that. Get ready for Baylor on Saturday. Talk a little bit of NFL. Of course, the bad news that came out of Dallas camp this this afternoon. Uh, Our man Joe Cook from Inside Texas is going to be calling in the show. Talk more Texas football on there as well. Remember, you guys are controlling the show. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is how you can join the show on our text line. We'll have the Patrick's Big Fat Poll coming up in just a little bit, but we will get you involved. Whatever you guys want to talk about, topics, things you want to talk, Texas football, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, whatever you got for me. You want to talk about the game tonight? We'll try and get to that as well. 512-337-3776. Y'all drive the show. We just try and keep it on the rails. It's not. It's only Thursday. We can keep it on the rails on a Thursday. Uh, Sark did speak to the media today, though. As we get ready for Baylor week, as we get ready to uh, get ready to start Big 12 conference play. And it is now a type of feeling for Texas fans, at least, and I think for Texas, too, where you feel good. You're 3-0. and You feel good about being 3-0, and but there is a little bit of pause because we've been in this situation before and it hasn't worked out the way we wanted. And you know that you haven't necessarily blown out Wyoming or Rice in the way you wanted to, so you don't necessarily have that level of confidence that you can impose your will offensively, at least, on other teams. And so you say the offense starts to struggle, and then you're getting three and outs, and then we get into that problem that the defense, even though the defense has been looking really good, well, what if we you know stick them out on the field too much, and then you know we've been relying on fourth-quarter comebacks, or not even comebacks, but fourth-quarter uh, explosions of offense. What if that doesn't happen? There's a lot of that that you have to get into but you just have to prepare the way you prepare for all your other teams and try and figure those things out one by one. Here's Sark talking his opening statement today to get us ready for what we're getting into with Baylor Week. Exciting week for our team, you know, starting Big 12 play. Um, this is always – I love that shift from non-conference to conference play, and I think you could feel it in the, in the energy and in the intensity uh, at practice uh, that the guys are really focused. You know, our 
are going about their business in a, in a workmanlike manner, but yet still having a lot of fun. And, and I think that that's, that's ultimately when, when we're at our best is when we've got really good mental intensity, really good focus. Um, but yet we still have fun doing what we get to do. And, uh, I think the guys kind of exhibited that this week, um, you know, throughout the week and obviously finishing up here this morning, I did that they, they just brought a great deal of energy and intent. You know, our, our message to them this week was let's make sure that we're intentional in all that we do and their intent showed up in, in all three phases. So that, that was definitely encouraging for me. I think we, we recognize uh, the challenge of, of going on the road in a hostile environment. It's going to be a great atmosphere for college football. Um, like anything, when you go on the road, we got to make sure that we're tighter than ever. Uh, we need to be concerned with with what we do and how we do it and be enamored with us. And um, I think that, that our guys are understanding of that and uh, are dialed into to the task at hand. So what you're having to do now, one of Sark's problems is a problem he hasn't had at Texas. He's had it at Alabama. He's had it at USC. Where you get your team, they're starting to feel okay. You know, you may be a little bit worried of, you know, the offense, the passing game didn't look great in, against Wyoming. There could be some other issues. This Baylor defense is pretty good in the secondary. They have not allowed a lot of passing yards against them. Uh, we know Dave Aranda knows how to play in very well. We know he's going to you know, throw out some looks that Quinn Ewers is not as, uh, not as comfortable with. We know all that's going to happen. So there could be some a little bit of worry, but you want to keep their confidence up so that they can go out there and do what they need to do. You want to keep it fun, but you also need to keep them completely lined up in the sense of penalties, in the sense of – you know, not letting big plays get past you on the defensive end. All of that is kind of where you have to end up in a week of practice where you start Big 12 conference play, where you guys are going to be going for week after week. It's going to end up, you know, the, the bruises and everything that happens in between and and the fatigue is going to start getting real as classes start to pick up more, all those things. You're trying to keep them as loose as you can to start because you know it's going to be a long season. And as much as you can say it, you can't. You have to, you have to prepare for them because young people will always go full force in and not leave anything on, you know, not leave anything in the tanks. So you sign to have to do that. I know it's all gas, no brakes, but you know, you can you can slow it down a little bit at points and, and in practice and just keep yourself healthy and ready to go into the season. Sark was asked about measuring the energy in practice, so of how he can tell that he feels good about a week of practice. Because we know we've heard him say this time and time again. Oh, I felt we had a really good pre- week of practice. It doesn't necessarily mean as much because we've seen him say that, and then they go out and put up, you know, a terrible game. We've also seen him say they had a good week of practice and then go beat Alabama. So, you know, what does he mean when he says, "I felt the energy was good. I felt the the practice was where I wanted to be." Here's what Sark had to say about kind of measuring the energy of practices. You know, I think the one thing I always look for: can I hear our team? Right. Um, Anytime practice is quiet, that that's probably not a good thing for us. A, we preach communication so much. And so are we communicating on a high level? Are guys celebrating plays by other players? Or is there a little bit of banter back and forth from offense to defense? That tells me they're engaged. And this week was was very vocal at practice. I mean, you could you definitely could feel it, even in stretch, you know, that that you could feel the guys were definitely engaged and and ready to go. And then it, that carried through practice. So that that's probably the biggest thing for me. And then ultimately in meetings, you know, our, our meetings are very interactive. Uh, the one we just got out of, um, you know, when I'm asking questions, multiple people are answering it. They're, they're just, they're just engaged. And to me, uh, that's always a good sign. So you want to have people engaged. You want to have the team communication 
is one of the biggest things in football that is not necessarily talked about, which is, you know, somewhat ironic, but communication of this offensive line, being able to communicate when you're going to see things in this Dave Aranda defense where you may not necessarily know what's coming at you. And you may say, well, look, there's two or three things that could be happening. Let's make sure we have all of our bases covered so we don't leave Quinn Ewers out to dry. And we can at least, you know, if nothing else, throw the ball away and take another down. We don't want to get a sack. We don't want to let our quarterback take a big hit. If we're running the ball, we don't want to, you know, basically allow a guy to come right up the middle and hit him for a loss. So you need to be able to have that communication. So you want to see the team feeling good, talking to each other. You don't want to get to a point where people start to get a little too tense in practice. Now we'll get into a little bit more of the what you need for the game plan for playing Baylor. And one of the first things we'll start with is pretty easy. C.J. Baxter, you know you have Jonathan Brooks. He's been putting up good numbers. But you'd like to see C.J. Baxter because we know Baylor has allowed a lot of yards on the ground. So the more running you backs you have, the more running ability you have as Texas is kind of a good thing to have in your back pocket. You don't want to rely on it. You'd like to be able to get your passing game going. You'd really like to be able to get Quinn Ewers feeling a little bit better. You'd like to be able to take your strength of what you hope your strength is, which is your passing game, which Sark wants to be his strength, and put it up against a defensive team strength and be able to impose your will. We don't know if that'll happen or not. But here's Sark when he asked about C.J. Baxter. He sat out last week with the injury. Here's what he had to say today about C.J. Baxter. Yeah, he looked great today. Um, I was really, really excited about watching him practice today. Uh, best practice he's had in two weeks, so I feel good about him going Saturday. So we know C.J. Baxter should be back in the game. Uh, we know Jonathan Brooks had an amazing game against Wyoming, so we don't know. You know, it, it, Jonathan Brooks could have won the starting job back. I don't know if he wants to do that to C.J. Baxter, who was the starting job. I know they've been listed on the depth chart as one or – but C.J. Baxter started the last two games. So we will see who actually starts the game. I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're both going to get lots of carries, especially against a Baylor defense that has allowed some good yardage. We know Texas State ran against them pretty well. We know Utah ran all over them. Long Island actually ran over them pretty well. So you can run on this Baylor team. They don't have the size. Aranda has not necessarily you know, drafted this or recruited the size for this Baylor team. He likes to be able to have guys – be able to get outside, so you may not be able to do as much of the screen passes as Sark likes to do because those guys may be able to defend outwardly and have the speed a little bit more. But if you can block them off, this is a game where the the offensive line for Texas can start to try and impose will and start to gain a little bit more confidence going forward in Big 12 play. Here's Sark talking about the strengths of Baylor. Um, well, I, I look at them like they're zero and zero, just like us, you know, we're, we're both, we're both zero and zero in conference play. Um, and they're a good football team. You know, I, I think they kind of got caught a little off guard in week one. Um, you know, they're, they were leading Utah in the fourth quarter of that game. So I think they could very easily be sitting here three and zero. And so I think the strength of that team is, I, I think they've got a culture in place, you know, with coach Aranda now, um, they believe in what they do up front. You know, they, they love to run the football. They're big and physical on offense and they believe in stopping the run defensively. And then they have really good speed on the perimeter. It, historically, Baylor's always been one of the faster teams in our conference. And, and this year doesn't seem much different. So they're going to have the speed on that defense. You're going to have to be able to get, I don't know if those screen passes, the out routes are necessarily going to be as great, but a guy like Jonathan Brooks, who is able to bust through those first couple tackles, run strong, and then bust out with speed, I think Jonathan Brooks could have a really good game against Baylor. Uh, C.J. Baxter we haven't seen as much of. 
Uh, but he'll, I mean, he's got that speed as well. If, as long as he's able to kind of break through some of those arm tackles early, that could be a big part for this Texas game. Now the question is, again, we talked about it last week uh, when we were going to Wyoming. We knew that their front seven was really good. It ended up being that they decided to back out and basically try to cover the pass more than the run, and the run game opened up what uh, much wider. However, uh, you know, Texas still came out, even they wanted to, uh, you know, address the run game early. They didn't really, they still tried to pass the ball early. That's why we saw the first half not look as good as we wanted to look. So it'll be interesting to see if Sark now comes out and tries to just run the ball and set the pace early that Texas is going to be able to run the ball in, in average four or five yards a carry uh, against this Baylor team. I think that's what they like to do. I think they would like to set the pace a little bit earlier and try and get this team feeling a little bit good, better than they've been feeling. I know that you know you still want to get Quinn Ewers in the in his rhythm. You still want to be able to get Quinn Ewers to feel okay with throwing some passes, so you can get those deeper passes downfield. Once the defense has to start constricting on you, because if you're averaging five yards a carry, those safeties are going to have to cheat up more and more and more, and the linebackers are going to have to cheat up more and more, and everybody's going to have to cheat up to try and make sure that you know Baxter or Brooks does not break one because both those guys have that ability. You're going to have to be able to establish that run game in my mind, put them on the eight ball, put them behind the eight ball, put them where they are not, they don't really have a choice in the matter, where they can say, well, we're going to lose 48 to nothing with them just running the ball down our throats, or we can go ahead and try and slow that down a little bit and then hope that Quinn Ewers isn't on because – if I'm, if I'm being honest, I know teams really want to slow down Texas passing because they know that's what Sark wants to do. So a lot of these opposing coaches and opposing defenses really focus on shutting down Xavier Worthy, shutting down D- JT Sanders, uh, and trying to confuse Quinn, Quinn Ewers because they figure that'll make the game plan a lot easier if we just take away their passing. But Texas can run the ball. We know the old DK are saying. Three things can happen when you pass the ball. Two of them aren't good. So if you run the ball, it's not necessarily the end of the world. I think this is the first year we've seen Sark that he's really okay with running the ball, and it's not, you know, he had Bijan Roshan, so he did it last year, but I don't know if he was ever as thrilled about it. So I I think that you have to be able to work on, I, I think you have to be able to try and stop that run at some point, and if you're Sark, you have to be able to run the ball early in this game. Sark also talked about the Baylor defense. Well, I think one, you know, I want to keep belaboring the point, but they're well coached. You know, Dave's been doing it a long time at multiple stops, Utah State, Wisconsin, LSU, now Baylor. Uh, and it's definitely his defense. You know, it's, you know, I know they've changed coordinators, but, but it's, it's his defense. And so um, the reality is one, they've got the scheme. Two, they've got really big bodies up front. You know, they're a physical front, they're long. Um, they, do, they do a good job of kind of with gap integrity. Uh, and when they're playing really good, um, they don't have to, they don't have to, you know, kind of put an extra hat in the box to defend the run. They can play the pass and with their coverage units, uh, whether it's the, the five DBs, depending on the formation and, and trust that front to defend the run. Um, and then they've got a multitude of ways that they can play their coverages in the back end to match your routes. And so, um, uh, you know, you add all that up. That, that that bodes well from from a good defensive standpoint, especially when you're at home uh, and things can get harder on the offense from a communication standpoint. So you want to run the ball. 
You know, it, it, this is a defense that we know the communication needs to be key. You know there's certain things that you have to take care of. But if you're going to say they're going to try and show you as much as they can, they're going to try and confuse and disguise things as much as you can, that Dave Aranda knows what has worked in years past against Quinn Ewers. He knows that there are certain things that he'll be able to do against a young quarterback that he might be able to trick him into. And I don't think Quinn Ewers is a, a turnover-prone quarterback, which means he's going to hold on to the ball too long, which means it's either a throwaway, it's a sack, or it's a you know he may go and try and run it as well. But you really need to try and find a way to just move the chains early in this game because I think if Texas is able to get four or five yards on that first carry, take themselves out of the position of being in you know, a third and long or a second and long even and allow yourself to maybe take a shot throwing the ball on a third down and third and short and you go for it on fourth down because you know you're imposing your will on running the ball. Those types of play, That type of game plan for me is a much easier game plan than walking in, knowing what you're going up against, and still trying to get Quinn Ewers into that rhythm early, something that Sark likes to do, and still trying to throw on basically run the ball on first down, throw the ball on second down, and then hope for a, a good run play on third down. And if you maybe didn't get that run play you wanted on first down, and it's now third and six, now you got to throw the ball again, and you're already back on the bench. And that just seems like it's a lot of what Sark does on those first drives that I'd like to see a run defense that has seen its holes. And I, I think you can break some big ones, too, on this team. Because I think once you get through that middle, everyone's going to be so caught up. I, I like that. I, I, I think we do need to throw the ball in the game. Of course we do. But if you set them up with that run early and you basically tell them you can do whatever you want in the run, I mean, we saw Alabama do it to Texas. They started to run the ball early, and once, once Jaron Thompson started creeping up, they threw it right over the top of him. So you just want to get those safeties and those linebackers to creep up a little bit, not be able to bite on everything, not be able to shadow Xavier Worthy. You want him to have to watch in the run game and be concerned about that run game so Xavier Worthy can get out and get man-on-man coverage, and A.D. Mitchell can get man coverage. And once they're in man coverage, I trust Quinn. But if we're playing zones and if we're having safeties back helping out, it's a lot tougher for Quinn Ewers. And that's where, you know, it's something Sark talks about a lot. It's trusting your training. Because you have to trust your training when you're, when you're out there and you're playing on an opposing uh, team's field. And you have to be able to trust when, when you know that they're showing something and you don't necessarily see it. And they, you see it a couple plays. Before you get to halftime, before you can go back and talk to your coach, you have to trust and say, okay, if this guy looks like he's doing this and we know what they, the coaches said, we have to trust what the coach is called, so we're going to stick with the play. We're not going to go rogue, but we also know how to trust our training that, you know, Hey, call out. Let let the entire line know this guy may be able to come through. Here's Sark talking about trusting your training once you get to the Big 12 schedule and how important it is on on teams that are game planning for you. I don't know if it ever necessarily becomes easier because of who you're playing. You know, I, I think this, I think in the Big 12, we've got really good coaches, um, starting with Coach Aranda this week and his staff. Um, you know, he's done it at a high level for a long time. And so um, it's easy to fall back on, you know, the last you know few years and, and whatnot and the multitude of things that he does. Uh, but inevitably, good coaches are going to find ways to try to try to defend you or try to attack you, whatever phase that you're, you're talking about. And so trusting your training is is counting on your fundamentals, your techniques, um, trusting the calls that are being made around you and the communication that that's being made and that making sure that everybody's on the same page and cohesive with what we're doing. Um, and so 
it, the the opponent necessarily doesn't matter. I think it's that it's the focus being on us. And so regardless of the look that you get, that we execute that call in particular to the best of our ability. And then it's our job as coaches to make the proper adjustments, you know, in game on the sideline or in the locker room at halftime uh, to try to attack things accordingly. And so you have to be able to trust in those early downs in this first half where Texas struggled this season. You're going to have to trust yourself a little bit more that this still is a pretty young team. Uh, you know, you have you have guys that have experience because Sark kind of implemented his guys. He's implemented a lot of freshmen and sophomores. So you're going to have to trust some guys that may not be, you know, fourth or fifth year seniors, which is what you want to, you know, people will see now. You don't, you're going to have to trust your players to get out there and read these defenses and trust the game, the the film they've watched and trust that you've taught them well enough uh, that they can go and make those adjustments on the field. Text line's open, 512-337-3776. We're about to get to the big fat poll of the day. We'll get to some of these texts too. Uh, brought in uh, Chris as a run as a coach. You want to run the ball. That's that's a huge thing. I think that he did bring in uh, Chris as a coach for a couple reasons. One, you have a really you have the option to bring in a really good coach to teach you some things that may be in your blind spots. I think he also brought him in because he knows this is a weak spot of my game is is sticking to the run. I like to throw the ball. Maybe bring in a guy who can explain to me and make running the ball a little bit more fun and a little bit more sexy. And I think that's helped out. You know, I think it's it's helped him out this season. Let's see. Do you think Baylor won't score? I think Baylor will score. Of course I think Baylor will score. I just using it as a reason that you're not going to maybe be able to put up the numbers you want to put up offensively. And that's what we'll get into a patch with that poll as well. I do think Baylor will score. And running the ball a lot is scary. Low scoring is not good for us. Running the ball a lot is not scary. Throwing the ball a lot is scary. Running the ball a lot, if you just march down the field and run the ball and you score and you score and you score and you score and you're constantly in scoring range, it gets a little bit scary in the red zone. When everything shores up, running in the red zone is really hard. Running for 70, 80 yards of the field, 70, 80 yards of the field, it's not that scary. You know, it's, it, that those last 20 is pretty scary because now it shores up and now you're kicking field goals and field goals don't beat touchdowns. We all know that. So you do have to have a passing game. I, in all of this, I get, I'm not saying you don't throw the ball. I'm saying you're, instead of throwing the ball two out of three downs, you're running the ball two out of three downs. That's all I'm saying is you want to take your majority of plays and run the ball early. So later in the game, when you need to pull away, and when you start to get them, and once they start to creep up, now you start throwing over the top of them, using Quinn Ewers, what he can do, get finding guys on the outside, getting guys in matchups, where a guy like Xavier Worthy has one guy to beat, or a guy like JT Sanders has one guy to beat, or a guy like A.D. Mitchell has one guy to beat. That's what I'm saying. And we're talking like we don't have a future NFL quarterback. We, we do have a future NFL quarterback, but we know his limitations. There's limitations of guys in the NFL. And if they have a defense that they don't necessarily throw a great against, you don't necessarily want to stick them out and give them a chance to fail because you're making the entire game plan based on their shoulders when you can make it a team effort and you can make it balanced. And, yes, Sark is a brilliant game planner. He hasn't looked as great this year. I don't think there's any doubt about it that his scripts were working fabulously last year and they haven't worked the exact same this year. Part of that is Rice in Wyoming came at you with very different game plans that you had no ability to plan for. Once we get into the Big 12, that'll change a bit. Now you are playing against a backup quarterback that hasn't seen a lot of playing time, so you're going to have to change that up. Uh, you know, it is Dave Aranda is a defensive coach, so you may not know this offense as well as you want to know it. Going up against Sawyer Robinson is the the quarterback, you know, you don't know. 
you know, they may, they've may they been trying to throw the ball downfield. Not what you would expect from a backup quarterback. But at least they have a little bit of film on Sawyer Robinson. But we'll see. We will see how that team comes out and see if the game plan fits into what Sark wants to do. Let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day on the horn. Big Fat Poll of the day today. We asked you yesterday about uh, what you wanted to see improve the most in the Baylor game, you guys went with passing. That's uh, not surprising that you would like to see the passing game improve. I, I agree we'd like to see that passing game improve. And kind of going on to that, that a lot of reason that people seem to have a problem with Texas is not that they've won three games. It's not it's that those, those games haven't had – you haven't had that big win yet. You haven't had that decisive big win, the big score, the number where everybody can look over at it and say, oh, my God, look at what Texas is doing. You haven't had that yet. I don't think it's going to happen against Baylor because they're just a good defensive team. Aranda's a good defensive coach. They are not the same team they were last year. If your defense is able to get some turnovers, Sawyer Robinson is known for turnovers. Maybe you get some, you know, maybe a few more shots, maybe a few more plays. You you missed a lot of plays last week. Texas probably would have scored another touchdown or two if they had a few more plays. They just played, what, 30 less plays than they normally have in a game because Wyoming was playing really good clock management, and Texas was running the ball well. So, you know, you slowed it down a little bit. So the big fat poll today, tell us on the text line, 512-337-3776. How many points does Texas have to score for you to be comfortable with this offense after the Baylor game? What, how, what's the line of points scored that you say, okay, this is the offense I was looking forward to seeing. This is what was the, the Sark Bill of Goods when we signed him. This is the Quinn Ewer Bill of Goods, all these receivers. What's, what's the number? What's the number where you feel okay? And I'm, I'm not even talking about defense. I'm going to assume the defense is going to be okay against a backup quarterback. I assume you know they're going to get some points because they're going to get some plays through. They're not a bad team. They're just not playing really well right now, but they have some talent on that team. What's the number for you? We haven't hit 40 this season. Is it 40? we got a couple of 42s up there. What's the number for you where you will feel comfortable with this defense? If you want to t- type in what you want to see, what you want to see the final score, what you want to see in the first half versus the second half, Type all that in. Send it to us, 512-337-3776 is the text line. But what's the number? Where do you feel okay with this defense? Is it a just – or with this offense? Is it a just win? Is it a I don't care, score three points, win three nothing? I don't think anybody really feels that. If you do, you're kind of lying. Tell me what it is. What's the number you want this offense to put up and you would feel okay? You feel you go – you walk into next week and say, okay. You know what, our offense, you know, that was just, we were just thrown off by playing non-conference. We're ready to go. What's, what's the number, and what's the number in the first half? What do you want to see in the first half? Let me know. Text line, 512-337-3776. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Joe Cook from Inside Texas, talking more Texas and Baylor. Coming up here on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon, playing big songs as we get into Big 12 Conference play all week long. Love you guys hitting us up on the text line, 512-337-3776. Big fat poll of the day. How many points does Texas have to score for you to be comfortable with this offense after the game? Give me first half, give me second half, give me the breakdown, however you want to give it to me, 512-337-3776. How many points do you feel comfortable Texas winning this game? 
whatever else you want to talk about. Hit us up on the text line. But joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, we'll ask him about that question in a little bit, too. Man from inside Texas, follow him for all of your Texas sports needs. You can follow him at, at josephcook 89 my man Joe Cook on the line with us. How you doing today, Joe? Doing great, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so Joe, we're going in. We're in the Big 12 Conference play, 3-0 and for the first time in over a decade. Feeling good. What is, what is the the inside Texas view of this Texas team right now? Is, is, are you feeling pretty good about things right now? Or, or are you like many Texas fans and in, in saying you've seen this movie before and it may not end the right way? Man, have, have we seen this movie before? <laughs> I don't think we've uh, seen this particular one. Exactly. Uh, so, um, you know, normally all the preseason expectations are just that, preseason expectations. It kind of lived up to them at this point. It, it hadn't been perfect. It hasn't always been pretty. Uh, but 3-0 and is 3-0 and is 3-0. And, uh, you know, not you, you, there are flaws with that phrase. You are what your record says you are. But Texas passed a bunch of tests. Uh, in, in, in multiple ways and has three wins as a result. So uh, I don't think this is the same as some of the movies we, we've seen in the past. And uh, I think that this this upcoming week uh, against Baylor is going to be a, a good place for that team to show what I, what I believe is going to be a, a conference, but show that they're going to be what I believe in the conference title contenders. Yeah, all right. So we've seen in non-conference play, it, it, does it feel to you like it's a little bit of a misnomer of this this passing game when you see Rice kind of throw some different looks at Texas they weren't necessarily prepared for, that Wyoming threw a completely different look that they'd done in the past, but the fact that they basically gave up on the run game to defend the pass, is this something that Sark's going to have to be prepared for all season, or is this kind of the anomaly once we get to Big 12 play, this passing game might be able to figure out some of their problems? You know, it, it's six to one thing, half dozen on the other. Uh, with Rice, um, the the staff at the in Houston with Mike Bloomgren, they decided to make a switch over the course of the offseason to that three three five with three down linemen and three safeties, uh, and that's always been a problem for Steve Sarkeesian dating back to even a little bit at Alabama, uh, but definitely during his time at Texas, uh, the three three five flyover has has given him issues. And basically the, the thing that he's got to do is, is just run over it. And that's what he did versus Rice. Alabama, you know, Nick Saban's been running the same defense probably since he showed up in 2007. <laughs> uh, and it's the same defense that Steve Sarkeesian went against for two years while in Tuscaloosa. He knew how to scout it. He knew what he was looking for. Uh, and he knew the, the right way to attack it, and they attacked it uh, successfully. Then Wyoming comes in, and like you mentioned, they, they showed it uh, in – I guess, small doses, and they came out and majored in it, and that really cut down the, the Texas passing attack. They had those three safeties deep. They were not going to let Texas beat them through the air, and eventually Texas beat them on the ground. Um, that's going to be an issue in as, as far as Oklahoma runs that defense, Iowa State runs that defense, TCU runs that defense, Kansas State runs that defense. So there's four opponents right there who are going to try that out and make that an issue. As far as Baylor goes, that's not really what Dave Miranda has done. Uh, Dave Miranda's had his system that was successful at Utah State, Wisconsin, LSU, and uh, during you know the first part of his tenure at Baylor. I don't think Dave Miranda at a point where he's one and two and really cannot afford to go one and three with the way his team has looked so far, especially losing to Texas State. I don't feel like Dave Miranda is going to try within the course of a week unless they did this during prep for Long Island, which again. 
that doesn't seem smart either. Considering if you lose Long Island, then you're 0-3, and, and then your season's just in turmoil, even more so than it seems already. So Dave Miranda's probably going to run the same stuff he has. It's not that 3-3-5 flyover. It is uh, a little it, it, it's similar to it. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian's gone against Miranda before, not just Texas versus Baylor, but even Alabama versus LSU and uh, probably some some other times they've, they've bumped into each other with some film study or things like that. So that that defense and that type of problem is not going to pop up this week. Uh, and I think Texas should be able to handle not only from a schematic perspective but from a talent perspective anything Baylor is able to throw at them. But going down the road, uh, going down the, the rest of the schedule and looking at that defense that is very common across the Big 12, that's definitely going to have to be something Steve Sarkeesian figures out. Um, the key is to run over it, but Steve Sarkeesian has to make the cognizant decision to, uh, or the conscious decision to run over it and not try to run his offense in a way to pass around it. Yeah, and that's something I've seen Sark kind of this year seem a little bit more okay with running the ball. And we know he brought in Paul Christ to help out, you know, that's a, run, a power run guy. And I think partially not having Bijan and Roshan. So it's not even. Like it's not it's his guys now, and I feel there's a, there's just he seems to be a little bit more comfortable with it, which is crazy because you lost Bijan and Roshan, but we saw Jonathan Brooks show up in the fourth quarter for two games now. C.J. Baxter is reported back healthy. That's what he said today. Is this is is this C.J. Baxter's team right now? And this is a question I get a lot. If he's going to have a thousand yard rusher, is it going to be C.J. Baxter or is it going to be Jonathan Brooks? I don't know the answer to it because he would guess C.J. Baxter because that's who he seems to want to play. But Jonathan Brooks seems the closest to it already. Is is this going to be a pretty even share going in Baylor and forward, or is this a it's CJ Baxter's job to lose still? You know, I wonder what it's going to be now that 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 injury is taking place. You know, CJ Baxter's either left his one of his first three games or did not even participate in it, and that's definitely a player that Steve Sarkeesian wants to have over the course of the season. Uh, even so, Jonathan Brooks has played really well. He's had those drops. Yeah, that's that's tough to to you know look past. Uh, but he's run hard. He's run hard in critical moments. Uh, he did what he needed to do versus Alabama on that third and seven, and also on the goal line. Did definitely what he needed to do against Wyoming. So I think it's going to be tough for Sark to just go ahead and say, you know what? No, we're going to switch it back to Baxter just because he started. The other thing is, uh, uh, Jonathan Brooks has bell cow tendencies, and I wrote about that today over on Inside Texas. If you go back and look at Howitzville, and, and no disrespect to the Brahmas, but it is Howitzville. It's, I think, 3A football or something like that. But Jonathan Brooks had over 3,500 rushing yards as a senior in almost 300 attempts. Like This is someone who knows uh, that you know when the game's on the line, he, he knows that he's going to be able to get the rock, and he's going to get it again, and he's going to get it again and he's going to get it again. He's got that mentality. Granted, Baylor's going to be a little bit different than Lorena, that he rushed for 501 yards again for nine touchdowns against back in 2020. Uh, but I think uh, Jonathan Brooks has the mentality and even has the skill set to be able to take on a, a workload. And we saw that last week. You know, we saw 20 carries out of him in a game that Texas won by three scores. Uh, a lot of that did, of course, have to do with Jason Blue fumbling at the end of the game last week with Keelan yeah. and Robinson kind of being in his role. Uh, but I think Brooks, if, if, if Steve Sarkeesian needs someone to take 20, 25 carries, Brooks can do it. Uh, and I think if that's what keeps C.J. Baxter fresh, maybe going forward for Kansas and then for Oklahoma uh, and for the rest of the year, that would be a trade-off that they make. 
All right, let's move over to the defensive end. Talking to Joe Cook, managing editor of Inside Texas. You can follow Inside Texas at Inside Texas. Follow Joe Cook at Joseph Cook eighty nine. Uh, so flipping over to defensive end, the defense has been pretty good. They've looked they they've looked pretty good, except for a few plays that have eked out over the top of them. Sawyer Brown or Sawyer Robertson has thrown the ball pretty deep this season. His average in the couple of the few throws he's had, or he's chunking it downfield. Is Texas going to have to back off a little bit and try and play a guy like Jaron Thompson who may get burned a little bit? Makes good plays up front when you leave him up closer, but maybe drop him or drop these safeties back a little bit more just to keep Baylor in front of them? Or do you just hope that Sawyer Robinson does that and you you got play man coverage and can get the picks? I'm leaning more towards the latter. Uh, this, this Baylor offense, you'll see them run outside a lot, outside zone, trying to get tackles on the move. Um, it's a it's an offense where they're basically trying to major in a very specific run scheme and perfect that run scheme. But the difference between this Baylor team and the and the Baylor team that maybe won the Big Twelve a couple of years ago is talent along the offensive line, and it is simply not the same. So I think you really trust your defensive front with guys like Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, uh, even uh, Baron Sorrell. You trust your linebackers, um, and you say, look. You try to run the ball, and if you can convert uh, some, you know, third and eights, third and sevens against a good coverage in, in third down situations, we'll credit to you. But I think that's what Tory Robertson's going to have to face a lot of. And I also am just not really that fearful of the Baylor wide receiver core. They've had some dudes in the past, uh, whether it be under uh, our blocks, whether it be under rule, um, and even in the early stages of the Aranda era. Uh, but there is not that type of athlete at wide receiver right now for the Bears, so I wouldn't trust, um, and definitely not the type of athlete at wide receiver that could put Jaron Thompson or anybody else in a bind even if they're the right spot like Bama had. So I I really just kind of play the, the Bears honestly just because I really do not think that they'll be able to run against honest fronts. And at that rate, you know, nobody's really run against honest fronts except for Jalen Milrow, and that was kind of impromptu and not even designed. So I'm not really concerned about Sawyer Robertson. He doesn't have great stats. He doesn't have great completion percentage. I say keep him honest on first and second down and then make Sawyer Robertson beat an honest defense on third down. And uh, until he's able to do that, you know, keep that strategy going forward. Yeah, I like that. And Sawyer Robinson is somewhat turnover prone, so the more you put him in those situations – we know Sark talked about it today. The turnovers are very important to him, so he would love to see that. What is, in your mind, the way Baylor can win this game? So if we're saying Texas, they're, they're the favorites, they're looking, you know, they just play their game, they should be able to win. How does Baylor throw a wrench into Texas' season? What do they have to do in this game? What do fans have to be scared of for Baylor to do? I think it's uh, turnovers. Um, that, that's always – kind of the, the magic bullet when it comes to any team. If you have more possessions than the other, you've got more chances to, uh, you know, go ahead and put the ball uh, either in the end zone or through the upright. So uh, Texas running back to protect the football, and you heard Steve Sarkeesian really compliment Jonathan Brooks for being able to do that today. Uh, Quinn Ewers has to protect the football. That, that's been what he's been really good at. Hasn't thrown a pick this year, knock, and knock on wood, that continues uh, but that's the key, because if you give Baylor extra opportunities, they're going to try and strike. They really are. They're going to try and make the, take advantage of those sudden change opportunities. Um, and, you know, those are, those are good chances for offense. So 
make sure you limit your turnovers just because I, I see I don't see on standard downs or even money downs where Baylor really has an advantage over uh, either Texas side of the ball. Um, and also just limiting, you know, special teams plus. Texas has been great on special teams. I even wrote this week that they've enjoyed elite special teams play. Uh, Baylor doesn't have, you know, I think the, the kicker's name was John Mayers or something like that. Uh, I don't think he's there anymore. And I don't think, uh, based on the fact that Texas puts starter caliber players on special teams, they're going to be able to outman Baylor's special teams. I would think that this would be a great opportunity for Texas to go ahead and get their first block kick of the year. If they're able to do that, then I think that would kind of tell the story of how this game is going uh, and, and be a good sign to the Longhorns, obviously. There you go. I like that one. Talking to Joe Cook, managing editor of Inside Texas. You can follow Inside Texas at Inside Texas. Check that out. And also follow Joe Cook. Good follow at Joseph Cook 89 uh, We will. So we've been asking everybody on the text line, What's the number? Because I know people are upset that Texas is not, you know, didn't put up more numbers on Rice, didn't put up bigger numbers on uh, Wyoming. So people want to see this offense really get going. Baylor is a good defense. If you could put up some numbers on them on the road in a Big 12 environment that is hostile in a, you know, against a defense and Dave Aranda run defense, really kind of screw up Dave Aranda's season where he is now definitely on the hot seat uh, being one and three if they lose this game. What's the number, though? If you were to pick a number to say what this is the number I want to see scored points offensively, what's the number you would look at? I, I think you have to at least put that number at thirty. Uh, that to me, that's scoring on on five possessions. You know, whether it be four touchdowns and you know, or in a field goal or stuff like that. Uh, think about it this way: with two pretty conventional offenses, guys uh, that like to run the ball, um, this this clock is going to drain at a, at a pretty good pace. At least it should, unless the Big 12 wants to review every other play. Uh, so you have to consider that when you're looking at you know scoring and think about the fact that they're probably going to have nine drives, something like that, maybe ten drives, uh, something in that neighborhood. So if you're scoring on five of your nine drives and maybe limiting Baylor to scoring on three of them, uh, I think that's what you're looking for. And five, if you're scoring on five drives uh, and you're putting the ball in the end zone for let's say four of them. Yeah, that's 28 points right there. Get one more, you got 31. I'm inside Texas for our roundtable, uh, where all our staff members make a prediction. I think I put down 38 to, to 21. Uh, I, I think you know, that's a pretty safe number. That's still covering if you're looking at it from that direction. And I think uh, walking into a, a night game, a pretty good environment, you know, despite what's gone on with Baylor this season, uh, especially against a motivated crowd who will want to send off the Longhorns to the SEC with a lost to Baylor in whatever the 113th matchup. I think if you're able to walk away with a cover on the road, uh, 38 to, to 21, something like that, you got to feel pretty happy, especially as you come back to Austin and get ready for Kansas, who may be one of the top four teams in the Big 12. Dev, yeah, definitely one of the top teams you were playing this season. Joe Cook there, before I let you go, I know you're also an Astros fan. If you follow Joe Cook on Twitter at, at JosephCook89, you will know that he is a Astros fan. With everybody so close, get the end of the season. Everybody, Texas, uh, Astros have a half game on the Rangers and Mariners. Rangers Mariners series starts tomorrow. Do the Astros pull it out and win another AL West, or is this the end of the AL West run? I, I think they get it. Uh, I just there's no reason to trust that Rangers bullpen, um, and I think uh, the, the, the the Astros will be able to win their final stretch of games. They got to take care of the Royals, which man, that's that's such a weird thing to say. 
after uh, watching this team all year. But um, I, I trust the, this Astros team that they'll finally get it together over the course of the final week and uh, raise another division title and uh, be able to go to the postseason and probably work their roster in a way that makes it stronger for the postseason uh, as opposed to how it looked for the regular season with the, the starting rotation, things like that. So I'm always excited. Uh, the heart rate always gets pumped up during the month, month of October <laughs> between Texas football and Astros baseball. Uh, I'm excited for, man, it'll be 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, the seventh straight year doing that. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that that weekend of – it's I even forgot. So it's going to be – Oklahoma, Texas, Cowboys, 49ers, and probably Astros, Rangers in the playoffs, or some those teams playing. There will be a lot where uh, it's going to be a stressful weekend, that October weekend, I'll tell you that much. Joe Cook, uh, thank you for joining us, managing editor of Inside Texas. Follow him at Joseph Cook. Follow Inside Texas at Inside Texas. Joe Cook, thank you so much for joining us and giving us uh, some good insight there, getting ready for Baylor. Absolutely. Thank you, Patrick. Joe Cook there. Remember, you guys can join the conversation. 512-337-3776. We're asking what number do you feel comfortable with Texas having to score for this? For your, If you feel comfortable with this offense, how many points they have to score? Tell us in the first half. Tell us in the second. Tell us how they do it. All that. Whatever you want, Texas. Any other questions or things you want to talk about on the show, you guys drive the show on the text line. We appreciate you texting. In. We'll get to those texts when we come back. We'll get into them in hour, uh, hour two as well. We'll get into all of that right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the Horn. A Big Mac! A Big Mac! There's a rumor being spread about me and the crew, about something we did all supposed to do. You might not have heard it all, maybe you have. Oh, man. Back on the sports complex here on the horn on a Thursday afternoon. Getting you ready for the beginning of Big 12 Conference play against Baylor. So we're playing big songs all week. Had to throw in some Houdini. You always got to love some Houdini. Throw in some old school right there. Houdini Big Mouth right there. We're playing some big songs all week is our theme of the week. Uh, big thanks to Joe Cook from Inside Texas. He is always a great follow if you haven't followed him. Uh, our follow Inside Texas. Keep up if you're a fan of Texas football, which I know you guys are. Uh, it is a great following. He's very knowledgeable and helping out. And I'm hoping that Sue, I know Chan says you're still concerned. Hey, look, the, the game plan shouldn't be a bet. Now, to cover, to, to get Texas where we want him to be, and of course, it's Big 12 p- conference play. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. We did ask the question. Big fat poll today. We're going to get to some of these. We're going to have to get some of them on the top of the 12 because you guys. Uh, are, are killing it. Top of the 6 o'clock hour, we'll get to some more. You guys are killing it on the text line. Really appreciate it. Show is always more fun when you guys play along. 512-337-3776. Keep sending in what you want to talk about. We're going to get into some NFL uh, at the top of the hour, too. Talking about the best 0-2 teams, the worst 2-0 teams. I know we had someone text in earlier uh, asking about uh, to coach on the hot seat. We can get into that a little bit there on the 0-2 teams. We'll get into a little bit of that, talking some NFL. And, of course, some more Texas football. We'll keep that rolling uh, into the 6 o'clock hour, and, of course, your text. Uh, we can get into some numbers, though. What, How many points does Texas have to score? If you feel comfortable, when you walk away and you say, all right, this offense is doing good, I'm not worried about it. And I think this, I think the number is going to be about here. I think the number is 40 for you to feel comfortable. I think 30 is okay. I don't think you're mad at 30. But I think you're happy at 40. Then once you get to that 40 number, I think that's there. So we get 40-plus here. As long as they cover, 42 as long as they cover. I think for that's still 40. You're looking at that 40 number. 
30? I'm okay with 30. And I like you brought in uh, Chris as a coach to coach to run. I agree with that as well. Uh, another 40-plus in here. Uh, while they're down, reviews are much quicker. Da, da, da. Another 49 versus OU would be awesome. I agree. But we're not we're not quite at OU week. I agree, though. That would be good. Uh, you want a 30-17 to 17 final first half 20. That is not a cover, I believe. Uh, I have to look at that line again. But I think it's a round two touchdown. So that may not be a cover. Uh, I... I don't. I don't know. This. I don't. I don't have much faith in the Baylor offense. I think the reality is, can Texas get up there and get the thirty? Because you know, I figure Baylor's going to run the ball some too. This clock may not. You may not get the amount of plays. Like some of these other teams that may have put up different numbers, and you know, Texas State put up decent numbers against them. They also allowed thirty some points. I don't think Texas is going to allow thirty points against this Baylor team. Let's get one more, and we'll get ahead, and we'll take our. Uh, we'll take our break. We'll get to the top of the hour, and we'll keep going on these. Uh, I need 40 points per game moving forward on offense. On defense, I want to win by 28-plus. That is a, that's a pretty big one once we get into Kansas. I'll tell you that. That might be a bit much when we get to Kansas. I like it against Baylor, though. I want to see 40 points, too. I'm with you. I want to see 40 points. We'll go to some more of your text. Uh, keep texting what you want to talk about in the 6 o'clock hour, 512-337-3776. And how many points do you want to have Texas score to see to make to make yourself happy, make yourself content, comfortable with this Texas offense going forward into Big Twelve play. Send that number in five one two three three seven three seven seven six. We'll read more of your text when we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn one oh one nine AM twelve sixty, the Horn app and hornfm.com.